You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Well, hello and welcome to the Grace Church Slato podcast. My name is David Laws, and I'm joined by Jason Goings, pastor of preaching and vision here at Grace. Jason, thanks for jumping in as always. Yeah. It's good to have you here. Uh, we are in Nahum, and you were today going around interrogating the staff out of nowhere of what their first thought was with Nahum. Yeah. And I don't know if we passed or not. One, yeah, one, one, I won't say who, but even immediately, uh, not immediately, because he had a slow response. Uh, but he did have a slow response. <laughs> I just said he. Uh, but it was, yeah, he nailed it and said, yeah, wasn't it about something with Nineveh? He did nail so. it. Yeah, that was good. Uh, well, if this is your first time listening, we, uh, we want you to know that we do this podcast each week for one reason, uh, and that's that you would come away loving God's Word more and just having a better idea of how you can take those things you're reading and apply it to your daily life. So our life verse this week, uh, like we were just talking about, is from Nahum chapter 1, verse 7, and it says this, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Um, so Jason, beautiful verse today, um, and I think I feel like I find myself saying this every single week, but it's one where the verses around it are extremely important for making sense of Mm-hmm. Uh, really the full impact of what's going on in this passage. So let's start like we usually do and just kind of zoom out and get a picture of what's going on in, yeah. in this chapter here. Well, so yeah, one of the things I asked, uh, just as we were coming over the podcast, asked a few the p- staff in the building, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the book or the word Nahum? And so people gave their response. And, and I don't know what the listener's response is right away, but but also the the question I could be asking is what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear of God's the words God's judgment like what comes to your mind what what are how do we immediately go to a place where our knowledge takes us our limited small but experiential knowledge takes us to an opinion of God's judgment <laughs> and so this book at least the beginning of this book is a reminder of, 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 wow, God's ways are way different than our ways. So little context, God's judgment is being pronounced on Nineveh. If that rings a bell, Nineveh is the city that was a very pagan city that God first was sending Jonah to go preach against and warn and call them to repentance. If you remember the story about Jonah, Jonah didn't want to go. He didn't like the Ninevites, they were harsh, they were cruel, they were enemies. He didn't want them to turn and repent. Mm-hmm. He knew God would give grace to them. And so that's why he was running away from God's will. Eventually, Jonah went. They did repent. God did give grace and mercy. A hundred years later, the Ninevites are back at it, and it's worse. And so. Now, the mercy of God is sort of being pulled back, and Nineveh is now going to hear a warning from a new prophet, not Jonah, but now it's Nahum. It's 100 years later, and 
Nineveh is, is likely would reject the prophecy anyway, but it's coming and God's justice is coming. This book is really for the people of Judah. It's for those in Judah who felt like Jonah, like that they're going to rejoice that God's justice is, if I could say, finally coming on to the people of Nineveh. So this is a book of Nineveh's impending fall, and and it's for the people of Judah responding. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting book. It's definitely kind of a pivot into to those minor prophets where we start seeing this theme of judgment mm-hmm. um, and prophecy start to really um, mm. be pervasive. And so let's jump right in. As you look at it, what stands out to you? What are some of the big noteworthy things going on here? Well, you, you said it. Um, there's... To understand the context and to explain it, we need to go back and read. So I'm just going to read verses 2 through, um, well, specifically 2 through 5. So it begins this way. Uh, Imagine, this is verse 2 of the book. God is jealous and the Lord avenges. So we're about to read a book about judgment, and it begins with God's character. He is a jealous God. He is an avenging God. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries. And he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger. We love to quote that part. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way and in the whirlwind and in the storm and in the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and he makes it dry and he dries up all the rivers. And then he goes on to list several things about Bashan and Carmel. And then in verse five, the mountains quake before him, the hills melt and the earth heaves at his presence. Yes, the world and all who dwell in it. And then we get to verse six, who can stand against this kind of power, this kind of fury. And then we have our verse, verse seven. So a lot going on here, David, don't we see the reminder that God is sovereign? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, really verses two through seven, they're just painting a picture. It's like a character study. This Mm -hmm. is who, who God is. Yeah. And, uh, it's a lot easier to, it's more comfortable to quote verse seven (laughs) where it says he's good and he's a stronghold in trouble than it is to quote verse two, which is talking about how he's jealous and avenging and, uh, and wrathful. Um, mm. It's it's a lot less comfortable to spend time meditating on those truths, yeah. but they all tie back to exactly what you were just saying. This idea that that God is sovereign and that His His kingdom, His character, uh, are not something that are intended to be uh, overtaken by our mm. personal thoughts and judgments and, and whatever. God is sovereign uh, over mm. us. So yeah, I mean, this is definitely a. This is one of those things where you zoom out and you're like, "This is the yeah. Lord." Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Um, so yeah. one of those types of passages. Yeah, and in verse four through five, you know, one of the questions that's asked all the time, and it's always been asked. It's not just a new question. If God is good and beautiful and mighty and wonderful, then why do all these calamities happen in the world? Well, here in verses four through six. Almost to any calamity that we could think of. It talks about the earth, the seas, the storms, the winds, earthquakes, fire, lava, I mean, drought, flooding. It's all the hand of God bringing 
judgment. Wow. And then right there, right after all of that, verse 7, there's this verse that's nestled in that's so beautiful. So amidst all these things, the Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him, or another translation say those who trust in him. So just to sort of explain this a little more, God will... And he does bring judgment. Hebrews 12 reminds us that we should see all hardships as a form of discipline from the Lord. But at the same time, he's not confused. He didn't like spray this judgment Mm -hmm. out and it just sort of laps up all these innocent people. He is strong and he knows who's trusting him, who's with him. And so this word going out to the people of Judah, you're about to hear of these calamities coming to the people of Nineveh, know that I see those who trust me, those who take refuge in me, um, and I'm strong enough and I'm good enough to separate the two. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so something that just kind of came to my mind as you were talking through that, do you see this this text connecting to that that question that has kind of been like this ongoing question that kind of comes up over and over again about bad things happening to like quote unquote good people. Like, do you see this text being something that's like connected to that idea at all? Well, I think it's an answer to that question. Um, I heard, I forget who it was, Buddy Balcom or somebody said, well, show me a good person. Right. And, you know, then we can begin with that. But there are no, you know, Romans one reminds us there are no one, no one's righteous. No one's good. We all need the discipline and the the hard hand of God in our life. So, yeah, but I think this is one of those answers. Like God's in the clouds. He's in the storm. He's in the drought. He's in it all. We haven't had rain in this area for a long time. And God's speaking in that. Um, We need to, we need to turn to him. We need to understand yeah. that it's good that he's doing that. It's reminding us, oh, we need to pray to the Lord. We need to come yeah. to him. We need to Well, and it's kind of this reminder, too, that when, when hardships come and trials come and maybe um, punishments come or discipline comes, mm-hmm. there there is a reminder that's embedded in these, these truths that it's not coming from a place of haphazard swat. Like, I, I think of this is a terrible analogy, but like, I just remember when I was a kid, like we're driving down the road and we're all piled, all the kids are in the back seat and somebody does something, fighting, <laughs> arguing, yeah, and yeah. dad just kind of reaches back without just working, starts, his, just starts swinging. And it's like, what? That wasn't even me. You know? Here comes the strong arm, but the wild arm And I'm the skinny, dad, wiry yeah. kid, so I'm always stuck in the middle and I'm like prime position to get caught by that hand, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm thinking this text is kind of a reminder that God isn't like that. Like it's not just swatting mm. blindly and yeah. whoever gets hit by it gets hit by it. Um, a, it's I, I feel like it's a reminder that, hey, this is what we are owed. Like what mm. we've earned mm. is mm. God's judgment, God's mm. wrath. Right. But we've been given this grace that covers over that. Right. Um, but then also just this reminder that God's discipline isn't haphazard. It's not mm. reckless. Um, yeah. But it's it's designed to, to discipline us and, mm. and draw us back to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And when when the calamities start coming, for those who trust in the Lord, the message is he is a stronghold. Yeah. He's you can run to him. You can rest in him knowing that he is at work and he's doing good things. So hope in him. Don't yeah. run from him. Hope in him. Run to him. And so, 
Yeah, that that imagery you said the 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 strong but wild arm of the dad. <laughs> uh, you know, someone cheats at whack a mole. They're just rubbing the thing all over the place and trying to hit whatever, and they're missing everything. Um, God knows what He's doing when He brings justice. In fact, when we talk about the gift of grace of salvation, it is the very fact that God was precise with His wrath. He poured all of His wrath and in righteous anger onto the one person that came to take it for us. All that we see on the cross was do me, mm-hmm. was do the Ninevites, do ever like any, he, he decided this is, it's all going to be on Jesus. And so um, on the one hand, we should be saying that's not just mm-hmm. the innocent became guilty, but God is good. He knows what he's doing and he poured it all onto him so that we can freely know his measured discipline is good for us. So Yeah. yeah. And so I guess we already kind of started to move into application a decent mm-hmm. bit, but um, do you have any other thoughts as far as what do we what do you do with this passage? I mean when we when we look at this text, we see the truths that are kind of woven in there. Does anything else come to mind as far as... Well, this? just the reality of what we're doing with all these verses. Let these be verses for our life. When when things happen, let's memorize this verse. Let's hold to it. Let's quote it. Let's. Mm-hmm. When others come to us asking, why is this happening? We, we share this verse with them yeah. and teach them the goodness of God is is at work. Um, I, think, I think that's really the main thing is let this marinate in our mind as a memory verse so that we can recall it when we need it, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think this is one of those, it's like, well, you just memorize it and bury it mm-hmm. in your DNA. And so mm-hmm. that when yeah. that calamity comes, the knee jerk response is not, why God would you, would you do this? But mm-hmm. on, on the reverse side of that, we're saying, no, I know Nahum tells us that the Lord is good and he's a mm-hmm. stronghold for those. And so he's a refuge yeah. that I can, I can take yeah. shelter in. Uh, and in he knows season. who's trusting him. Yeah. He's not just, the wild, I love that. Yeah, it's not the strong wild <laughs> the arm, arm of the dad. Yeah, he knows who's who's the one. So yeah, it's yeah, well, good. So be I encouraged. Think, yeah, I think that's probably a good landing place for us today. And uh, so we just want to say thank you for listening to the Grace Slato podcast. We hope that this discussion spurs you on in your love for Jesus and your love for people this week. We'll see you next Wednesday as we study Psalm one thirty verses three and four.